0: Well, hello everyone. This is Pastor Paul. I miss you and pray for you every day. In the book of Second Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul thanks God for the church. He recognizes that their faith is growing. He boasts about their perseverance and their faith in the midst of all their persecutions and trials. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, Paul says, All this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. Are you suffering for the kingdom of God? Are you suffering because you refuse to compromise? Are you suffering for obedience? Are you you suffering because you put God's will before your own will? Are you suffering for walking by faith and not by sight? Well, there are many reasons for suffering. But if suffering for righteousness sake, you can expect a blessing. In verses 6 and 7, Paul said, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. And give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. When people criticize and slander your name because of your faith in God, when they put you through hell and high water, yes, it gets hard. It gets discouraging. The problems that people cause and the many issues that life can bring can become overwhelming. But my question is have you ever suffered so much hurt? Or been in so much pain that you could find no lasting relief. I hope you come to realize that God can help. God can give relief and God can heal. So I want to dedicate this message to you. And our subject today is double for your trouble. If you are in God's will and remain in God's will and continue to stand On his word you should expect God to show up we know that many people claim to know God they may have some knowledge of him but they don't obey him they don't worship him they don't live for him they don't love him or honor him I've had the honor of working with some young pastors behind the scenes and like you and me they had seen too many phony Christians and, and carnal people pleasing preachers They just want to make people happy. And I met them at a time when they were searching not for perfect people, but godly examples. They were looking for someone who could relate to the disappointments, the hardships, the trials, and the troubles that they would soon encounter. So the same word that I gave them, I want to give you today. Are you listening? Whether you're a pastor, a preacher, a leader in your church... A member of a board, a musician, a worshiper, a pew occupant, a seeker. If you are a child of God of any age, of any color, any religious denomination or belief, this is for you, but goes double for me. In the book of Job, chapter one, verse one, it says, in the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. Is this your goal? Is this your target? Is this your desire to be blameless and upright, to respect God and even avoid the hint of evil? Well, this is a Christian duty. Righteousness should be your business. It's our way of life. It's always in your best interest. It's always to your benefit to honor God and avoid evil. And I'm going to say this. If no one else does it, you do it. If no one else respects God, listens to God, obeys God, if no one else has self-control, if no one else trusts God, if no one else does his will, if no one else walks by faith, If no one else stays in his word, if no one else stands on his word, you do it. You be the one. If no one else dies to selfish and fleshly desires, you be the one. If no one else puts on the whole armor of God, you be the one. If no one else loves the Lord, their God, with all their heart, soul, and mind, if no one else loves their neighbor, you be the one. If no one else has the desire to be the apple of God's eye, you be the one. Be an example. Godly examples will stand out. They will stick out in a crowd. And yes, they make some people angry, but make God smile. We live to please him. So in the book of Titus chapter 3, it tells us to do that which is good. Verses 1 and 2 says, Remind the people to be subject to the rulers and authorities, to be obedient, and be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle toward everyone. For the sake of time, I'm moving down to verse 8. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Verse 9, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. So we need to avoid people who argue about anything and everything. Some people will believe that everything has to be their way. So they refuse to listen. They refuse to submit and they reject humility. It's simply not their way of life. They've fallen off the grid and strayed from the path. So where is the Christ in what we do? Where is the Christ in our words? Where is Christ in our deeds? It's better to suffer for righteousness sake than to suffer for disobedience. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11, tells us how to conduct ourselves. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you be alert and of sober mind your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. now please pay close attention to verse 10 This is the promise that we have. And it says, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Did you hear that? Did you catch that? The God of all grace. Why does the God of all grace allow us to suffer? Why does he allow us to go through so much? Well, if you remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the apostle Paul pleaded with the Lord three times to take something away from him. In verse 9, he said, but he, God, said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. The issues of life, the problems you face, the problems that will come to your doorstep, the many storms that you have yet to go through. When you pray, expect God to answer your prayer. And we know that God has the power to grant our request. But how many times have we wanted more than God's grace? How many times were we not satisfied with God's response? So the question is, how can grace, why is grace enough? How can grace take the place of your needs? Grace is the free and unmerited favor of God. When you need hope, when you need his help, When you're tired and weary maybe you don't think you can take another step or or go another mile when those dry and worried places when you need strength or need to be refreshed and renewed when resources run out and ends don't meet when god doesn't heal when you've done all you can do to stand when people turn against you even when you think god isn't doing anything when you think he isn't listening remember that nothing is too big that god's grace cannot cover. The fact is, when grace is used as a verb, it means to honor or to credit someone or something by one's presence. What more do we need if God is with us? God always has a plan. God always has a purpose. Thank God for his presence. Now, let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. Let's look at the second half of this. And it says, And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, the rest of that verse says, After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Interesting. After you have suffered a little while, God himself will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Why in a little while, huh? No one likes to wait. Why not right now? But it says after we have suffered a little while, and that means we're gonna suffer. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe to you it's been a long while, but God knows your situation, and he will never put more on you than you can bear. So whether it's seven minutes, seven days, seven months or seven years, time cannot stop God's work. Time cannot change God's work. Take comfort in knowing that time proves God's word. God will show up in a little while. So if the Lord is your shepherd, don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop expecting because after you have suffered a little while, God will restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast god is also just he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well god bless you father in heaven we thank you for your word today help us to trust in you and to depend on your word as never before Lord, you have all authority, all power, all wisdom, all knowledge and understanding. And many times we may not fully understand, but we know that you have a plan and a purpose for everything. Father, strengthen, refresh, and encourage. Bless your people as they wait for you. Increase their faith when they see what's going on in the world. Increase their faith in the midst of the challenges. Increase their faith even when they begin to sink just as Peter did, let them know that they too can say, Lord, save me and experience you coming to the rescue. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. God bless you.